Hello everyone and welcome to episode 435 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have a small crew here this week. Richard is away, he's traveling today, but he will be back next week. So we're joined today by Krim. Good morning, Krim. How are you today? Morning. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, lots of things, especially on the eve. Well, actually now with the bannings announced. Yeah, so that is a big topic for today. We finally got a BNR announcement just uh, just a couple of hours ago. I guess by the time this goes up, it'll be a few hours ago. So that's our big topic, bannings in standard. Uh, we're also going to jump around and talk a little bit about some arena stuff. Lord of the Rings spoilers are starting. There's a new deck in Pioneer everyone's freaking out about. And then answer some fish mail questions. So that is the overview for today. Before we get into it, though, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit. And card conduit is the easiest way to sell your magic cards. And if you're tired of all the hassles that go into buy listing your cards, card conduit lets you skip them. With their curated service, you can send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% service fee. And if you want to do a little work, you can use the sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just a 2% fee. And no matter which one you choose, you're going to get a detailed report with the results and a fast payment once your order is processed. And right now, you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtdgoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic. And let's start with by far the biggest news of the day, which is we got a BNR announcement focused exclusively on standard. And uh, I want your opinion on this, Grim. So three cards were banned today. Fable the Mirror yep. Breaker, Invoke Despair, Reckoner Bankbuster. So before we dig into this, what's your what's your gut reaction? Like good, bad, happy, well, sad, <laughs> in between? I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I kind we we all expected Fable, right? Yep. Fable had to go. It was too good. It did too many things. So that makes a lot of sense. Bankbuster, I think made sense as well, just because it can go into every deck. Invoke Despair, I'm surprised, got banned. Like, like wh- I, I, I don't know. I mean, I love the other two bands, but I'm surprised Invoke ate it. Like, at this point now, what what is... Uh, it, it was just a top end, right? Like, it was just a top end spell in mid-range. I thought it was really... It, it was fine. It was powerful, but I'm surprised that got banned. I feel like Invoke... <sighs> I feel like it really pushes cards out of the metagame because, and I know this, like, I really think Black just shouldn't have enchantment removal. That's been my position the whole time. But I think that the enchantment removal aspect on Invoke Despair really keeps a lot of cool cards out of the metagame. So I can see a, a, that, and it's also just pretty hated. Like, if you just go by what the Magic Arena subreddit complains about, I think Invoke Despair is pretty high on the list of, like, cards people get salty over. So from that perspective, like... All Will Be One might be my favorite example. I think All Will Be One may be the coolest card they've printed this year. And it is just really, really hard to play competitively because Invoke Despair is such a blowout. Like, it is just such an easy, like, incidental answer to cards like that. So I like that it maybe frees up cards like that. Like, maybe you can build build decks around cool enchantments like All Will Be One now with Invoke Despair not being there. So I'm I'm fine with it. I think it's the, uh, the least obvious of the two. Although, if you look at the current standard data... 
Bankbuster, 70% of decks. Fable, 52% yeah. of decks. Invoke, 43% of decks, which that caught me by surprise. So it seems like the Invoke like play rate has been increasing. Like 42, 43 is a pretty big number for a quad black card. So, so they banned three cards... Obviously targeting Rakdos, really, like uh, the top deck in the meta, which that is the deck that people have been complaining about. What do you think about, uh, so does this solve the Rakdos problem? I guess that's that's question one. Is, is this going to knock Rakdos down? Is Rakdos still going to be a deck? Is it going to be a good deck? What do you think happens to Rakdos as a result of losing three really key cards? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that Rakdos now, like, Invoke, Shieldred, like, like would have been fine. Uh, but now Rakdos just, I mean, what do you, what do you play? Like it lost a lot of its grinding power, right? So I feel like almost all the black cards got banned out of like pretty much black rotated already <laughs> because you don't have Meat Hook Massacre. You don't have Invoke Despair. Uh, like, and so now all you have is just legitimately Shieldred. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you still got you still got a uh, blood tithe harvester blood is pretty harvest? good. Oh, you still got breach. You got breach is a like pretty good payoff on the top end. Like I'm wondering if that's more the direction that the deck goes. Like we've already seen some builds like the the breach builds of Rakdos trim a little right. bit on invoke despair. Sometimes I play like three copies or two copies. Maybe you focus more on like big score into breach into like Italies and Frexian Flesh Gorgers or something. Like maybe that's the the pathway forward is like focus on reanimating. But like the problem is the like how do you get to do all of that? Like there's what bitter reunion, but like there's a lot of setup still being needed, and that is gone now that Fable is gone. That's true. Losing Fable is, it's going to be interesting to see, I mean, it's going to have a huge impact because so many decks are built around that card. Like that is kind of the foundation of standard. If you're reanimating stuff, you're playing Fable. If you're playing a mid-range deck, you're playing Fable. We saw the, I don't know if you watched any of the the Arena Championship, I think it was this weekend, but like uh, the the hot new deck was Jeskai quote unquote dragons because it played a dragon, a Jeskai dragon, I guess, uh, not plural, but uh, (laughs) that was the hot new deck. And that was a, a Fable deck too. It was still Fable Bankbuster, wedding announcement. And then the new thing was Zergo and Ojitai added it on top of those cards. So I think Fable being gone is definitely going to to lead to a shakeup. Do you think it really powers down those reanimator decks? Or do you think they just like find a replacement? You bet- mentioned Bitter Reunion. You can play more big scores. Yeah. None of those are Fable, but are they good enough that if you want to reanimate, you can still keep doing that in standard? I think I think that they they're they're gonna be like the go-to right the next thing uh but like this these are not fable and like the fact that like fable helped you kind of like dirtle around force removal and allowed you to like legitimately have a burst in mana randomly if not dealt with right and fable itself was a win condition so i i i i don't know i mean like i think that anybody that used red is gonna be a full step down now uh, like a few, like at least a tier down, because and now what? Like mono white is probably the front runner again. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Fable is gonna make this the the reanimator deck, the Rakdos mid range decks, all the decks that used it for filtering. Like those decks are severely going to be missing some power. <sighs> 
I'm actually excited about that. <laughs> I'm yeah. so tired of losing yeah. to those decks. I'll, I'll take that as I'll take those as a win. But yeah, those. I mean, obviously, those are the biggest losers. Fable being banned yeah. hits a lot of decks. Bankbuster being banned hits a lot of decks. Racto slash Grixis slash any of those decks, they're gonna they're gonna hit the hardest. You mentioned Mono White is maybe being one of the winners here. How? Bad, do you think losing Bankbuster hurts that deck? I know I played Mono White for a while when I was just like grinding and trying to get to Mythic, and Bankbuster is a really, really good and I would say pretty important card to that deck. I guess you like play more farmhands and spirited companions and just go like go full on Richard in the two drop slot, but like, do you think that's gonna gonna hurt Mono White a ton, or is Mono White still probably gonna be one of the best decks uh, post Mannings? You think? I think it's definitely going to be one of the decks to look at because it only lost Bankbuster, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely going to uh, make it so that, yeah, like like the, the, the deck is the clear front runner right now. But I do also think that like uh, Control actually, like, I think the one thing I talked about is that Control prior to this, right, was... You've got you've got all the best removal in standard and control wasn't a thing, right? But now that's beca- that's because like fable things like that. There are so many things that just couldn't resolve. But now that invoke is gone, fable is gone. I think this makes control like control is a very good counter to mono white because you could just outlast them and mill them out with Jace's very <laughs> <Yeah>. easily. So <laughs> like because like yeah, like my control true. deck beat. Control would always, my control deck would always beat mono white, right? But it would kind of get stomped if, like, you didn't play as tight against Rakdos, like, all of that. So, I don't know. I think, I think mono white, I think control, these are two decks that are going to probably be looking pretty good post ban. They didn't lose much. Control didn't lose anything except for Bankbuster. Control, yeah, and and some control decks don't even really play Bankbuster. I guess it depends on on your build yeah. or how many copies you're playing. I think the, I don't know if you'd consider it a control deck, the Jeskai Dragons deck that was the big talk of the weekend, which is, yeah. I guess you could argue, like, somewhere between mid-range and control, but that was only playing a single Bankbuster, although it does lose Fable, but it has Wedding Announcement. That's kind of like an easy replacement if you're in white. Not the same thing, but a, a similar role. If you really think about the cards that got me, and they're all, like, two or three for ones essentially so i think yeah it makes sense that a control deck that's trying to one for one is going to have a lot easier time being able to do that if it's not competing with these two three mana plays that (laughs) that generate two or three cards by themselves i think a couple other decks i would say keep an eye on i would agree mono white i think a lot of people are going to look there i think esper is also like potentially one of the big winners here esper lost literally nothing like you still got your rafines you didn't lose shieldred which was the card people uh, have talked about yep. so that deck doesn't get hurt at all the enchantress deck might actually be better that lost nothing and that's a deck that's kind of been sneaking up as like a, a a second tier option it's so hard because Rakdos has just been so dominant to know like how real a deck that's two percent of the meta actually is going to be but i think that's another one to keep an eye on what about the very opposite end of the scale crim so if we assume control is going to have a better chance what about aggro does this help Mono red soldiers, like, does this BNR free up those decks, or is having Shieldred around and cards like that just really still going to be too much for, like, Mono red to be a real thing? The Racto Shell was very good at, like, you know, blowing up a lot of creatures mm-hmm. and having threats to block creatures and stuff like that. 
So I do think that like every deck just kind of went up a little bit. This includes mono red and, and soldiers. Cause I, I don't know if like the reason why is because every deck before was, was actually, well, actually, as I say that, I think it might even push the aggro decks down. Huh? Because now you would like before, right? Like you wouldn't have space to run a ton of sweepers or something like that unless it was good against Rakdos. Whatever you did, it had to be good against Rakdos. But yep. now I actually think the meta can just account for aggro and play more answers like in there. Like, so like now my control deck, I can play more low to the ground sweepers and things like that. So do you whereas, think this... Oh, go ahead, Graham. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, because whereas before... I didn't choose to play a ton of sweepers because I just chose to disrespect aggro and just account for that. It's going to be a mid range mirror. And I only played cards that would be good in grinding out the mid range mirrors. But now you might actually have to account for aggro a little bit, like at this point. Yeah. That makes sense. But now you, but because you you have have to account for it, it might make aggro worse because now people might actually tech for it when before everyone just like, Forgot mono red was a thing and built to beat mid range. Essentially, is is the yeah thing, right? yeah yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Like on one level, you would think aggro would get better, but then if people are preparing more for aggro, maybe in the long run they actually end up getting worse as a result of these changes. Uh, yeah. Do you think this? Do you think this was enough, Crim? So we had the the fake ban list from last week that had like these cards but also like throw in Rafine and plaza of heroes throw in some mono ways so the decks we've been talking about is like probably rising to the top of the meta post rakdos it was hitting on those cards too do you think these three changes are are going to lead to a healthy standard and an enjoyable standard uh with new stuff happening or, or what do you think the long term looks like i think fable going uh will definitely uh like like I definitely Fable's gonna make it a way better format, right? Because now not everybody's just gonna play Fable. Like wedding announcement's really good, but like it's not anywhere near Fable, right? So it's not like everyone's gonna add for for wedding announcements. They can they can try, I guess, but like it's not the same. And then Bankbuster literally went into every deck, so that made sense. See, because of those two being gone, though, I that's why I think Invoke was isn't going to be as dominant as it once was because like like those cards made it easier to filter it, it fixed your mana you're still playing a quad black spell so i don't know i i, I definitely think that the first two will make it so the format's better though yeah i think those definitely will improve the format i will say like i've seen people worrying about shieldred not getting banned i think that these changes also will have an effect of powering down Shieldred. Not that Shieldred is going to become like a horrible card, but I think without Invoke Despair to follow it up, without Fable the Mirror Breaker uh, to ramp into it and to take removal spells out of your opponent's hand, I think that Shieldred is going to look a lot fairer. I will say I was hoping for more, honestly. Like... Uh, with rotation not being a thing this year, I was hoping they they pulled out all the stops and banned like ten cards or something. That was that was kind of where I was at. Although if you read the actual announcement, and this is something I'm really I'm not 100 percent sure about, but at the end of the announcement, they say the first of their yearly BNR announcements, the new once per year plan, is going to be August 7th ahead of uh, Wilds of Eldraine previews. Yeah. 
maybe this is not the actual full ban announcement. I was thinking that what was happening based on just listening to their stream is this announcement today is for standard. And then the August announcement is not going to be for standard, but reading the article today, I'm not really a hundred percent sure that that's their plan. So maybe this is like almost emergency bannings. Like, People are really sick of Rakdos. We made this uh, change to rotation that's been taken negatively. We got to do something right now. So let's deal with the Rakdos issue. And then maybe in August, maybe that's when we'll see more of those. Like, we'll have, what, two months of data, essentially, with yeah. post-Rakdos standard. If Mono White is dominating the format, or if Esper Legends is dominating the format, maybe then we see a Rafine ban, or we see a Wandering Emperor ban, or a Wedding Announcement ban. So it seems like maybe there's still the possibility of a bigger ban list this summer, and this is not necessarily the only change until next August in 2024. Like, is, is that how you're seeing this too? Like, do you think this is the only bannings, and this is standard for the next year? Or do you think this is... A kind of emergency mannings and something else could change in august if necessary yeah i i could see like i mean i'm this is my hope that they add more in case needed right but like for right now i think this is a good start i think this is more than enough and i guess now we just see what happens when when eldrin drops but i but i do think that there has to be more bannings right if if something like does pop off too much yeah, I, I'm hoping that their plan is ban the Rakdos cards, let's see what yeah. the metagame looks like, and then when we have this August update, maybe then they'll have a little bit more, because this is supposed to be the big, like, once per year we do this big thing, maybe that's when we see some of these other cards banned, because I think Wizards has said multiple times, like, they want Wilds of Eldorane to have a chance to shine. They they really don't want what we've seen for the last couple of sets, which is really hype yeah. sets like March of the Machines and Frexia come and have a minimal impact on the meta. Like that's Wizards doesn't want that either. I know players. I don't want that. I don't think players want that. But Wizards also doesn't yeah. want that. They want the new sets to have an impact. So I think if we see what standard looks like after these Rakdos focus bannings and Wizards is thinking, oh, boy, it's still not looking great. We still think, you know, Kamigawa cards or whatever are going to just like dominate the format. I think maybe they will ban some more stuff in uh, in August. And I don't know. I guess all of this is taking place in the context of like no rotation this year, which makes it just so different than most BNR announcements. And uh, if there was a rotation this year, uh, I would be much less concerned about it. But I, I'm holding out hope that we see additional standard bannings in August because I was really on the like ban 10 cards like i actually like the the fake bnr announcement better personally like if i was doing the bnr mine probably would have looked more like the fake one from last week than the actual one from wizards but if wizards is thinking this is for the next two months in august is like the full ban announcement i'm perfectly fine with that like i think that's a pretty reasonable plan to see how the meta adjusts to these bannings and then and then go from there yeah i mean as long as they add more in, in the event that something does, ru like, go run amok. But, like, I don't know. I, I thought the, that a banning of, of the fake announcement was a bit much. I thought that was too much. So I'm excited to see where, where this standard is. I think this is about right. Because, personally, I didn't want to ban more than just Fable. Do you have any fear that we end up with a new Rakdos? So I guess that would be that would be the worst case scenario that one of these decks we talked about, like Esper Legends or Mono White, ends up 40%, 50% of the meta. Like, is that a realistic concern? Or do you think that standard will be more mostly diverse or more diverse as a result of these bannings? I think 
I think that the first few weeks it may not look diverse because everyone is going to just probably rush to the ones that we know about. Esper and Mono White, right? But then I think we're going to we're going to see how it pans out a little bit after that because I don't know, I think that's all like like we'll, we'll need a little bit of time for the format to develop and then we'll see how Eldrain changes that. So I I I don't know. I think it, for the in the short term, it's probably going to just look like a few decks that we already know. Mono White and Esper. Is there anything else that you're hyped to try now that these mannings have happened? I know you mentioned control. I mentioned like big enchantments, like all will be one is something I want to revisit. Is there anything else uh, on your list where you're like, okay, now that we don't have to deal with this, I'm going to, I'm going to try this again. Uh, honestly, I think the only thing I'd want to try again would maybe well actually no I I want to see what that Jeskai control deck that came from uh from the event see how good it is without Fable uh and and if it's still like one of the better decks uh like if it's still a good deck to play on the ladder because I thought the deck was really cool so I love the idea of Ojitai being the finisher so I thought that was sweet. I really want to, I also really want to revisit, like, the, the some of the graveyard strategies. Those were some really, like, there's some cool synergies there, but those decks just lose so hard to Fable, because they don't have that much removal, so you get snowballed. They lose really hard to Invoke Despair. So I want to revisit, like, the, uh, some of the, like, uh, Shigiki, Tarmogoyf-style, Urborg Lurgoyf-style decks, and just see if maybe with the Shaka, like, I think Fable being gone really changes the equation. Like, I don't know how many times I played against that card, and it's a it's a three drop that it really feels like if it goes unchecked, you just you lose to this three mana play. So I think even just Fable being out of here makes a lot more things possible. Like you're not gonna get that feeling of like, oh, I just like am trying to play a game of magic and this three drop, I don't have a removal spell for it, so I just straight up lose the game on on turn three, or this is going to like sneakily kill me over the course of the next few turns. So I'm actually kind of hyped to to try some brewing in standard again. Like I, I think that even though this isn't as much as I would ban, I think in the short term the format's gonna be really interesting because I think that Fable really was having a just such a hugely like stifling impact on the format where it was either play fable or lose to fable. Now that you don't have to play fable, I think there's a, a lot of things that are possible again. So I'm, I'm pretty hyped to uh, give standard a try. And I think this list is fine. Like I would have gone more, but I, I will accept uh, this list. I think if I could only ban three cards, it probably would have been these three cards. Like, uh, I guess you can, I think fable and bank buster were like easily the two cards I would have banned. And then the third slot, I can see arguments for a bunch of different stuff there, but I'm I'm fine with Invoke being the third card on the list. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I I still think that again, the, the like what we talked about last week in the podcast. I don't think all of a sudden people are going to just come back in droves because of this banning. It's not like Standard has been is going to be the like everyone's like sweetheart format again. So. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I guess I guess that's that's true. I also right? think there's like, like ah, not only that, but like getting rid of rotation for a year makes it harder for people to get into standard, right? Like I, I kind of forgot if you're someone brand new. I heard some people talking about wanting to get in arena and they were like, oh, I was talking to my friend. I want to try magic. And my friend was like, well, in September, there's rotation and then it'll be easier for you in the format. And now that's not happening. So now I don't even know if I want to do it. Like, is there any concern about that? Like, is it going to be very difficult for people to get back into standard just because there's such a big card pool right now? 
Yeah, but like, I think isn't there a bit of like a a safer feeling knowing that like you have a lot more time with the cards, so this way for people trying to get into standard, isn't that a good thing, right? Because like now I get to play with these cards, assuming they don't get banned. That's, I mean, I think that's what Wizards going for. Wizards, they kind of called that out in the BNR announcement that like the feedback they've heard is people don't like bannings. They're they're disruptive and they don't like, especially the the random bannings, which has been Wizards' like current plan is just to like ban things kind of chaotically as necessary, which the unpredictability hurts players' confidence, which I totally agree with that. Maybe the plan here is to move back into something that's more like the old system when you think about it like depending on how they use this emergency window the old system of bannings was four times a year right wasn't that traditionally yeah. like at once each quarter you have a bnr we would always like meme on the no changes announcements like <laughs> for, for like years in a row every announcement would be like no changes no changes but they'd yeah. still post it like on a regular schedule so you always knew you could prepare for it so maybe that'll help give players more confidence too maybe if you know I can use my cards longer, and at least I don't have to worry about wizards randomly banning cards. Sure, there's these windows where it could happen, but I right. don't have to worry about just waking up one day in my you know eighty dollars shielded being like illegal or something. Uh, do you think that'll uh, do you know, will it have the effect though? You sounded skeptical that this will lead to a immediate revitalization of standard. Do you think long term it can work? Like, do, do you think these changes, the slower bannings and so forth, do you think it's going to draw people in eventually or or no? I think I think the reason why that this has to happen is because and like maybe it helps in the long term. We're going to have some growing pains, obviously, at first, because, well, it I don't know were these last couple of sets designed with the three year rotation in mind. Right. But once things are actually in motion, maybe that changes. Right. Uh, and maybe that's because, like, I, I think the reason why it helps is because standards card pool isn't deep, right? And I think that's why people get bored of it. They move on to a different format. Like, you want to play, like, Pioneer and, and, and Modern and all these other, like, formats because the card pool gets bigger, right? The format gets deeper and uh, not a solved format. But... With maybe more cards, assuming that there just isn't, like, a, a one-deck format, right? Like, as long as there's no Rakdos-like problem, maybe in, in a, like, a year or two's time, we'll have a pool deep enough to where people can play standard and it isn't just eight sets. Maybe the fact that it's, what, if if we don't rotate for three years, does that mean what we're at now going standard is going to be at 12 sets? Uh, sets? The the biggest standard will be 12. Yeah, it'll be 9 to 12 sets, I think, will be the, the normal size. Maybe that's Which, good, right? Because then it's like it adds more depth to the format. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that part shakes out. Because I'm wondering if it is true. Like, yeah. bigger card pools, like look at Modern, you have many more deck options. And on the other hand, like, is one additional year enough to really make a big difference? Like, is that enough to really give us that diversity that we want? Or is that like an extra year of cards going into the Rakdos deck that's just like powering up the, the best deck? So uh, I'm not really sure. It's been a while. Like, I never really played Extended. Did you ever play Extended when it was essentially the similar structure? How How was that in terms of diversity? Obviously, this was like 15 years ago, so Magic was a lot different at the time, but... How yeah. how diverse was three year three year rotation extended? Like extended to me felt 
just not inter- interesting enough. And the st- Magic at the time was was a different place, right? Like, yeah, Standard was like the best format to play. To be honest, I loved playing Standard. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, You're I still playing enjoy fairies playing or cruel yes, I was. or something. Yeah, yes, I was because <laughs> I didn't because I couldn't get enough of it after rotation. <laughs> no, no, like and like I, I was so surprised, uh, like like at the idea of like I don't know, just I, I was I guess I wasn't surprised. I just didn't enjoy extended because I just always wanted to play standard, right? But now with arena and being like pretty much the standard client, right? We get to play a standard all the time. So I think this is way different because now standard being deeper, four sets deeper, if you think about it, is a lot. Gold span would be in this format. Uh, oh, Valky would, yeah, Valky oh, would be oh, in God, this Chris. format. Why, why yeah. do you name the cards that I, that I hate? You're not convincing me. I mean, look, me. <laughs> yes, well, like, this is it the thing, right? Like, up, though, yeah. Right? Like, it, like, and then you would have Magma Opus. Right, you'd yeah. still have like Strixhaven in the format, so which would probably mean that Hinata would still be like getting some love right now, right? So, yeah, the picture is a very different world if you just add four more sets. That's true, Assum- and I, I uh, and it does open up time for more synergies. So I, I think that would be the best case scenario. Is and I think Wizards kind of called this out, like more sets, more time, more uh, design preparation, because we can look at standard and design cards with actual concrete evidence of what standard looks like, and they'll be printed during the same standard. Maybe that leads to more synergistic decks, which I think would be a a big win. Like I, I think one of the things people have been sick of lately is just like pile all the best cards together and play it in a mid-range shell, but maybe an extra year does give, like, even Hanada Magma Opus is, that's kind of a neat synergy that the more cards you have in a format, the more opportunities there'll be for synergies like that to to either be put into the format intentionally by Wizards, or just to uh, to develop naturally as players find them. Yeah. It, like, exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's so much deeper, like, it's an interaction that's powerful enough to potentially even, like, to make it so that, hey, maybe Rakdos gets put in check, right? Or Rakdos plays Goldspan and Val. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, that's that's the, the downside. <laughs> that would be, that's the, the worst case scenario. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But for the short term, Rakdos... Not going to be the best deck in standard, I don't think. And uh, it's going to be fun to see what happens over the next couple of months. Moving through the summer and uh, in towards the August BNR, and then after that, uh, a new standard's in Wilds of Alderaan. But we should probably move on. We got some other topics to uh, hit up. Any other banning thoughts, Krim, before we hit up some other stuff? No. No, no. All right. So next up, I got a, I got an arena question for you. One of the things that happened in the past week is Wizards launched Magic Arena on Steam. Um... I've played some games off Steam before. That's where I get, like, Civilization and so forth from. I'm curious, Krim, how much does this matter for Magic players? Like, I already have Arena. Is there any upside for me downloading it through Steam? Like, do you know of any benefits to this? Obviously, I guess it's good for people finding the client because it's another place people can stumble on it or it can be promoted through Steam and hopefully get some new players into the game that way. But is there any benefit for someone like me or you to like switch over to the Steam version that you know of? I don't know. I, cause like, I, I, what did that do when they were on whatever Epic or whatever? Remember that when they got added oh, yeah. to the Epic client, right? Like, so, I don't. I feel like that did nothing. That kind of faded away, right? I haven't heard anything yeah. about that in a while. 
I, I I myself don't know what this like does for the game. I mean, other than maybe like if somebody has like Steam Wallet credits. Oh, yeah, another way to to actually get right? your gems like, or whatever. It, it, maybe maybe now like a, a younger Magic player might be able to get their parents to like if their parents give them Steam gift cards, they could use it they for could, Arena. Yeah. Okay, so there yeah. so there seems like there's probably some. Some fringe benefits, then at least. Uh, I'll say that Steam is, is the Steam client is much more like a, a much bigger landing than than like Epic, the Epic client. But like, I can't think of it much outside of those few reasons I brought up. So are are you like uninstalling Arena and downloading it through Steam or no? Doesn't doesn't what really matter. I I I don't think so. I I guess the like I'm curious. Maybe, maybe, like, is there a discoverability thing? Like, like, I mean, for now, like, people may not want to go to directly to Arena's website, download the client, right? And, but now that it's on Steam, maybe it's a, it's a, it's a net positive and people be like, oh, cool. I'll, maybe I'll download it today since I have extra Steam credits as well. Now I can use these Steam credits to fire off a draft. I mean, I think that discoverability is probably the biggest upside. Like, it's just got to, like, it shows up in categories. It shows up as people are searching for things. It's very, very difficult to stumble on magic.gg. Like, unless you're looking for it. I don't know how you end up out of all the places on the internet on magic.gg. But I think there's a chance that you could accidentally stumble on magic through Steam. And then maybe it looks cool and the the trailer looks neat. And you like it for some reason and you give it a try. So I think that's one of the the biggest upsides. There's also a comment section which is something that's new which if you ever want to just like kill a couple hours of your time just go and read through the the steam like reviews there's so many just like unhinged arena shuffler truther conspiracy theories and just oh like, god oh it's it is pretty i didn't pretty even think about yeah. that <laughs> i didn't even think about the comment section now that they could review arena that's yeah hilarious. There's, there's actually arena reviews and some of them are i mean they're obviously super unhinged but some of them are, are pretty funny about just like totally shuffler truther stuff and whatnot so <laughs> that's anyway hilarious if you're looking for Arena, you can uh, you can get it through Steam now. We also got another new Magic set coming up in the near future. The Lord of the Rings set is almost here. We actually start uh, spoiler season tomorrow, I believe. Wizards just posted an article tomorrow noon Eastern. They're doing their uh, their kickoff stream or whatever for the set, showing off a bunch of new cards. We got a little bit of info from Mark Wazer, uh, Rosewater that I wanted to ask you about, Grim. Uh, he was asked specifically about battles and he uh, said that battles will not be in the Lord of the Rings set, which really caught me by surprise because I had thought that part of the reason they made battles was for this set because the little tiny bit I've been knowing about Lord of the Rings, it's like walking and battling is essentially like the whole thing. You walk for a while, yeah. then you battle, then you walk for a while longer. Are you surprised that they're not not putting battles in the Lord of the Rings set? I felt like this is the set where there'd be tons of battles. Yeah, that's, that's right? what I was thinking. I'm surprised that it isn't, and like, yeah, like to hear that there's no battles. Wh- when are we gonna get the next wave of battles? Because like this f- first run of battles has kind of been lackluster. I I'm a little worried they're going the way of tribal. Like maybe this really was like a 
almost like tribal was like a one set mechanic where they made this whole new card type and it was really used for one set. I wonder if they're going to treat battles similarly where they're they're really infrequent. I was thinking they might be a, a regular part where like whatever you go to Eldorain in the fall and there's a couple of battles to show off certain aspects of the set, certain places of the set. But maybe they're not treating it like that. If they're not using it in the Lord of the Rings set, which just obviously seems like a perfect home, maybe we're going to get battles a lot less frequently than than some people thought at least. Yeah, like, cause like, or uh, either that, or because it's Lord of the Rings, there could be a bunch of IP like things that they don't like. They have contracts with, and they for some odd reason couldn't put them in the game. Yeah, and that could be as well. I know just reading reading Wizards article, kind of like kicking off the Lord of the Rings set. They they definitely yeah. mentioned. Um, Basically, they had some like two guiding principles, they called them. Originality was one of them. Like, they're not just trying to take in like whatever word for word tell past versions of the story. And then diversity was uh, was another one of them. So it seems like that's kind of what they're what they're I guess their guiding principles or focuses is of this. Set. What do you think about that, Krim? Like, do you like the the original take on it rather than just trying to. I don't know, recreate the movie, recreate the book word for word or whatever. I like the, the the new take on it, right? Because A, a lot of the designs and everything has is essentially signed off by like the originator of the IP, right? Uh and that means like this is this is a vision that they also share, and I like that. So there's a lot of cool things to come from this, I guess, uh newer version of Lord of the Rings. I don't know if it's going to make me like the movies or books more because, you know, like, let's be honest here. I I never read the books and I don't like the movies. So but legitimately, I do think that this is cool. I, I, I'm, I'm happy that it's happening. I'm happy uh, that they've gone ahead. And now, like, I know there's recent controversies uh, about like 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 Aragorn being changed. And honestly, the people that are upset about the change can be wished a very uh, die mad like kind of a <laughs> kind of thing because legitimately it's cool. I'm happy to see that they they changed Aragorn up. I I I think this is this is cool. Yeah, I like uh, for I, me, I, I like, like this. I just I like for me the magic version of Lord of the Rings will probably be the version that I know the best because I like don't care about right. the movies or the books. So so I'm excited to see magic's like telling of it. And I like uh, I don't have any connection to the source material. So to me, like magic can do it however they want to to make it fit our world and to fit their goals. And I think that'll end up being a a positive. I think I'd rather see like wizard's version of lord of the rings rather than them just trying to like recreate someone else's version of lord of the rings so i think it'll be interesting to see to see how it shakes out and I, i'm excited for taking that pathway forward i think i didn't really like the movies so the idea of having the magics that be like exactly tied to the movies it, it doesn't actually appeal to me because I, I didn't really care for them so hopefully this version will actually be better than the movies or the books yeah uh anyway oh we got another another good one Krim. There's been a huge freakout in Pioneer. 
Uh, oh, I don't know if you've yeah. seen this on social on social media. I, a few days ago, I turned on my Twitter and it was just a barrage of like Hogax and Pioneer. We need bannings. The literally, literally, the world is ending. And it turns out that there's a, a Boros Convoke deck, which yep. actually uh, I played in. In Pioneer is up on the YouTube. I think you have a take on it in Explorer, Explorer coming up like yeah. later this week or the beginning of next week. Is the hype of this jet deck justified? Like, if you look at the deck list, it's basically a bunch of cheap things, and you're trying to convoke out Knight, Aaron of Eos, and uh, Venerated Loxodon, essentially, on turn two, turn three. Right. Is this, like, the best deck in the format? Is this breaking things? Or is this just, like, magic players being magic players and, like, going way too far in hyping up this deck? It's magic players being magic players. I played the deck. It, it has its explosive turns. Uh, it, It's, like... But there's the games where you have all of these pieces, right? You drop a ton of creatures out, but then you don't see venerated locks in <laughs> You got right? and, ornithopters and yeah, one ones. <laughs> and then like uh the problem is like if somebody just literally casts end hostilities on you, okay. you like like lose the game. <laughs> like 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 you are you're like in a very bad spot. Um and like and then of course, you know, if you go into Pioneer, then you have electricery, right? Like, oh my god. So like the 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 thing here is a, a simple instant speed pyroclasm could almost wreck you entirely. Like to be honest, however, uh, the difference is like example like I I between you know pioneer and explorer is that there's no bushwhacker and explorer, right? Because yeah. of that, I have had to make do some makeshift stuff, and that includes in playing a Goro Goro to give all your stuff haste. <laughs> Uh, I've also played uh, format All Star Bolt Hound. As uh, yeah, Bolt Hound is the business. All right, like now, a, that's like a really bad bushwhacker, essentially, right? Yeah, but it does it does work. The games where you get like you get to pop off super hard. Like uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, the deck is fast, but it's such a big glass cannon. It's yeah. it feels I don't know why people are calling this Hogak. I mean. Yeah, so it can get off to some really, really good starts. Like, not to diminish what the deck can do, there are games where you have, like, five creatures and there are six creatures and, like, 14 power on turn two or something. Like, yeah. So its best draws are really, really, really strong and arguably unbeatable for a lot of decks. But like you said, those games aren't happening all the time. Like, that's that's not happening every single game. And even if you get those draws, I play the deck quite a bit in Pioneer now. Sometimes you lose. They have an Anger of the Gods effect. There's a bunch of sideboard tech cards, like you were mentioning, like Electricery is a blowout. There's the, uh, uh, all tokens get negative one, negative one enchantment. Someone played that against yep. me, and it's just, like, absolutely, like, I, I'm not ever beating that. So I think for me, like... I think the deck is is exciting, and I think it could be a really good budget deck. I build a $100 budget version, and you get to play pretty yeah. much all the good cards. So I really like that. But I think that the the freakout about this being too good or needing to be mad, it's kind of silly. Like, it's a, it's a Bushwhacker deck. It reminds me a lot of, like, 8-whack or something in Modern, where... Yeah. With your best draws, yeah, you're going to win. You're going to do something ridiculous and hit your opponent for 20 damage on turn three. But those draws just don't happen all the time. And if you don't hit your Convoke creatures or whatever, the deck looks like kind of downright is... bad. Like you're just yeah. playing Ornithopters and these 1-1s and your opponent's like doing anything and beating you. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's something that I'm actually scared about breaking the format at this point. I think it's Hogak in the same way that any two-card combo is Splinter Twin. Actually, speaking of that, the Jeskai Dragons deck, this 
in standard they called that splinter twin apparently some of the people playing it were like it's splinter twin in standards and that was like i guess the splinter what? twin is like zergo and ojitai hitting invasion of gabakon and flipping it that's the the splinter twin combo of the deck <laughs> and that's Wait, i use splinter how? twin very liberally and that is like even by my standards that is a incredibly liberal use of combo and splinter twin that's that's a meme that's a <laughs> that's gotta be a meme uh, yeah and then ended up flopping and also we got some we got some actual pioneer data too they had a big eu uh grand open qualifier this weekend so there was actually data on uh on the deck and i think the boros deck was like pretty medium 13 people played it uh 45 percent match win percentage out of about 100 matches in the tournament so it definitely didn't dominate this weekend uh at least yeah. so i i think the idea that we need to have bannings or whatever is just probably well, probably not necessary i do think we need bannings in pioneer and explorer though <laughs> but not still yeah Nikos i mean honestly still... honestly mono green 54 percent win percentage out of any deck that was actually like meaningfully heavily played that was the the best deck by uh by a pretty decent margin there was a couple of like decks one or two players played that like did even better but uh but yeah like uh by the win rate mono green is still really really good and also rakdos like rakdos i know it only won 50 percent of the time at this tournament but boy that deck is really heavily played like if you look at the yeah. just the metagame percentages it's it kind of reminds me of standard where for pioneer like Boy, that deck is just way overrepresented, I would say. What about the same, what about the standard bannings, but applied to Pioneer? Like, what if you just got rid of Fable? And I, you probably don't get rid of Bankbuster there, but do you think they should just ban Fable and Pioneer too? I, is it not, is Fable not of the power level of Pioneer though? But how do you, I mean, well, okay. Yeah, I mean, it is. I think it's an okay power level, but just looking at a Rakdos deck list, if you want to try to power down Pioneer Rakdos, I don't know if there's a better option. Like, is, yeah. like, I mean, what else would you hit out of that down, deck if you want to hit Rakdos? If you're trying to power down Rakdos, it is Fable. But what would you then? Just Nykthos? Is that your, your big one still? Uh, yeah. Like, Nykthos, and then uh, I, be I believe, so here's the thing. I had this discussion with over with with my chat, and I was curious if is it better to ban Greasefang or to ban Parhelion? If you ban Ooh. Parhelion, like what does a fair Greasefang game look like? Obviously, it's going to be significantly weaker, right? Than than like you don't die on three. You might be able to battle back though if they're like, okay, bring back Asika's Chariot. Or, or Sky Sovereign, right? Whatever. That's way more tolerable, right? Than, than Grease Fang Parhelion. But if you let, if you let Grease Fang stay, then every vehicle from here on out is going to be at least on the watch list, right? Because yeah. Grease Fang will eventually be broken when they find something new that's in vehicle form. Do you think Grease Fang is a problem in best of three, or is that more of a best of one problem? Because I feel like when I play actual Pioneer Leagues, I don't really find Grease Fang to be that problematic. But if I play Arena, and especially if I play best of one on Arena, then it's like, 
miserable and like of something that I would definitely think should be banned. But what do you think about that? Like, does it need to be banned in like full best of three pioneer? Or is this more of a arena concern? Definitely. I would just ban Reese Fang in in best of one Reese Fang in best of one, but in best of three, that's where I think maybe just Parhelion, right? Like just ban Parhelion. And I think that a fairer Grease Fang is still fine. I'm actually like, I don't know. I don't know if I actually feel like anything from that deck needs to be banned in full Pioneer. I think I can definitely see how it's a, in a, on Arena and Best of One. I think it's a problem, but I don't know. My Pioneer play recently, I haven't really found it to be... Like, I guess it's an annoying removal check that can do something really fast. And similar to... People freaking out about the Boros Convoke deck. Like, if you're going to freak out about, like, oh, I Convoke something on turn three and have a bunch of power, like, Grease Fang kind of does something similar, right? If you Grease Fang Parhelion, you're putting a ridiculous amount of power on the battlefield really, really quickly. So it is a very obnoxious play pattern. So I guess I can see the the argument for banning it just for those purposes. But I would say in full best of three Pioneer, I don't know if I found it to be, like, problematically strong, even though I do think the play pattern is, like, not a not a fun or healthy one. Like it's it's a very jank amount. It's almost like a, a Tibalt trickery style deck. Like, oh, do you got the removal spell? Oh, do you got the counter spell? If not, then I do this thing and the game ends. Like so the play yeah. patterns is bad. I but mean I'm not sure the power level is too bad for best of three. It's a it's a way to end the game effectively on turn three. Right? Yeah. Like like is that not a problem? Right for Pioneer, I, and and by those metrics, then that's why I think yeah, something's got to go. Sure, I could hate it out. Sure, I could play Rest in Peace. I could do all these things, but you know that like everything that you're banking on does get blown up by Wither Bloom command. So I guess the speed and, that is that is a good argument, right? So the speed and efficiency of the deck is that it'll it probably will just happen on turn three. And then, of course, Nykthos, because that's just busted. Yeah, I will. Speaking of play patterns, like, <laughs> yeah, the, the Nykthos, like, combo-y Karn play pattern is probably one of my least favorites in, in Pioneer at the moment. Like, ugh. Although, still, like, I, I'm still kind of on ban Karn, team ban Karn. <laughs> I, I feel I, like I, that card's like, maybe that's not enough. Maybe uh, you're definitely right that long-term Nykthos, like, it will keep being very powerful or even broken. But how about both? How about if we, we meet in the middle? Like, get rid of Karn 2 because, God, do I hate that card. <laughs> I mean, like, I I could see the arguments for Karn. I like Karn still for right now. Because, like, Mono Green has won tons of times without Karn. I have not seen Mono Green ever win without Nykthos. I guess that's true. I think Karn makes it very, adds a lot of consistency to the deck. I think without Karn, it would be meaningfully less consistent but i don't think it would be meaningfully less explosive like it's it's good nick those draws would still be just as scary without karn around but i think without yeah. karn not being able to like snipe the perfect card from the sideboard for every situation i think it would be less consistent and more disruptible but maybe maybe it's one of the you know you gotta shoot the head to kill the ghoul type thing and you just gotta go right for right. the Nykthos and <laughs> and get rid of it all together like, I know it sucks that, like, you know, maybe now we can't play Mono Red Mono Devotion. Mono Red Devotion, Krim. Mono yeah, Red. Mono Black Devotion, <laughs> sure. But in reality, we know that as long as it's in the format, Mono Green will always be the one doing it the best. Yeah. And has the most ways to abuse it. 
Uh, well, we will see. I, I know whether or not they have standard bannings August 7th, that isn't clear, but we do know they specifically called out older formats. So I guess if we're going to get some changes in Pioneer or Modern or Legacy, that's the date to look to. And really, it's only only a couple months away. I mean, it's the end of May now. So a couple months from now, we who knows? So uh, so I guess if you got feedback, send it to Wizards on stuff that you want banned, because that's a big band window for the year coming up in a couple months. But Anyway, uh, any other thoughts, Krim, before we hit up a, a fish mail or two on the way out the door today? All right, let's let's do some fish mail. And if you want to send in a fish mail for next week, you can uh, send it in on Twitter, hashtag MTG fish mail, send it at MTG goldfish. Uh, first question from SebbyDC3244. Do you think the Aftermath cards are setting up next year's sets? It seems like they are setting up certain archetypes for the future, as most cards fit in weird non-supported strategies. What do you think, Grim? Is is Aftermath plants for the future, and it's going to make more sense after we see Alderaan and Ikori and such? Do you think they designed with a three-year standard in mind? So I think we... I'm very confident they didn't because someone asked them about Wilds of Alderaan and they said they didn't design Wilds of Alderaan with three-year standard in mind. So I'm assuming that means anything before Alderaan they also didn't design with that in mind. So I think it's okay. pretty unlikely that they the Aftermath was a three-year standard set. Then, I mean, like, I asked only because, like, yeah, like, how far into the future do we need to wait until we see, like, a dragon deck, right, take off? I do think that, like, because, like, I can't imagine a ton of dragons are going to be appearing on, like, yeah. Ixalan, right? <laughs> maybe maybe it could if, like, you know, like, they go underground, as in, like, they are going to go to the subterranean era and where it's, like, <laughs> underground <and> dragons. dragons. <laughs> yeah, underground <laughs> dragons. I don't I don't imagine that, but, like, okay. However, Ixalan, I mean, uh, Eldraine, maybe. So, like, there are archetypes here where I, I think there's some pieces uh, moving around. Like, you have Ojitai, you've got uh, Invasion of Tarkir, you've got Sarkon, uh, like, Soul of Flame. So, yeah, I, I could, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think that, but we also thought they were setting up equipment during Cal time and nothing happened. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, the best equipment standard as of recent wasn't even an equipment deck it was just literally ember cleave so yeah, that's true <laughs> i don't know I, I i that's a tough question because like i feel like wizards often leaves these little crumbs and then never touches up on it again sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't i think i think it's probably a mixture i think something else wizards does and this is gonna be weird this year because there's no rotation but i remember like many many years ago they like put ranker in standard to go with mono green like the set before rotation to like see what i think it was when infect was in standard though so we're talking a long time ago and everyone was like yeah. oh no like infect's gonna be busted with ranker so i know something wizards has done traditionally is with the last set before rotation power up some old themes to give them one last shot so i see a lot of that in this set like the angel theme works really well with giada and streets and yukapena and that's yeah. kind of like okay we know the angels maybe didn't get there for the 
last year. But here's a couple more cool ones. See if you can make it work before rotation or even humans. We have a humans theme that was in standard yeah. from the Innistrad sets and we're seeing that powered up. So I think there are plants for the future, like the dinosaurs probably, you know, relate to stuff that we're going to see next fall and whatnot. But I think a lot of it's trying to power up themes that already existed in standard the Nashi for the legends theme humans uh, angels stuff like that i mean do you think we're gonna get a rat deck <sighs> i don't think rats will the other thing is some of these cards are for commander more than anything like that's that's the other thing like that's just the truth like some of the like sarkin the cool dragon card Maybe we never get any dragons in standard, and maybe that was just designed to be something you could throw in a commander deck or whatever. So I think some of it's, I think some of it's probably that too. There's no way Sarkon was not like I, 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 I think dragons are too popular, like and too cool not to play, right? So people do I, love I dragons. Think, yeah, like you gotta make dragons, and I want them to make dragons good enough to where I could also play it in like Pioneer and stuff like that. Like, angels got good once they actually, like, made the angels, like, lower on the curve and playable. So, I hope that they do that with dragons. Yeah, once you can build an entire tribal deck that you can Coco into, that's when your your yeah. deck actually has a shot in a format like Pioneer. So, yeah, dragons going to have to get a get a little bit cheaper, I think, to actually get there. Oh, all dragons. Right. Oh, that would be sweet. A dragon deck would be sweet. Although I was disappointed that Jeskai Dragons was like the deck this weekend and there was no Sarkins in that no, it, deck. So it, I, I think it's a dragon deck, not dragons. Dra yeah, it is a dragon deck, a single dragon. There is a one <laughs> dragon and I love that. I love that. Uh, all right. Uh, one more. One more question. All right. This one is from at God of Grenades. Uh, standard at its new biggest size is 12 sets. Uh, we just mentioned that before. Why can't we first in last out rather than a big chunk rotation? Uh, a new set comes in, the oldest set falls out, and then we'll always have churns. Things will always be changing. Krim, what do you think about that style of rotation rather than one big one once a year, one set in, one set the, out, every set release? The old FIFO, uh, like, like <laughs> method. Um... I think that with with first in, first out, the problem is one set going out may not make a change, right? Like, and I, I, I think that I want to see when rotation, when I think rotation, I think of a big change, some big format shakeup. One set leaving may not be enough. What if they're, like, example, like, what if they're still, if Eldrain stayed a little bit longer, it didn't fully rotate, Right. I, yeah. I would have been I would have been molding at that point, right? Like I'd have been uh, like so upset. So I uh, I'm talking about original Eldrain, by the way, not not new one. So I mean, <laughs> although new one is technically going to be here for three years, oh god. Um, but I don't know. I I I like the idea of blocks leaving. I think the reasoning behind it, why we still see like chunks, is because we're used to sets like blocks rotating out, which meant like a mechanic rotating out which meant like a lot of things were leaving this format. And in some situations, it's good that that happens because maybe some mechanics are too strong. Imagine if we had to live with like more food or energy for longer. Yeah. Yeah, right? I think that, uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I think my other concern would just be like, 
people already struggle to keep up with what's in standard. There's literally an entire website, what's in standard.com, that developed because people didn't know what cards were legal in standard. I feel like that problem would also get way worse if sets are dropping in and out every two or three months as new sets come in. Like, I feel like it would probably be fine for me or you who are just like playing magic day in and day out. But for more casual players, that seems like a really big stumbling block. Like if the issue is players don't want things to be changing, they don't want as many bannings, that's pushing people away from standard. I feel like having to deal with mini rotations every three months would just be way too complex for for a lot of people. So I think that would also be another downside. And I, I like the idea of having like a big rotation that changes things. Sometimes it works, sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Sometimes rotation happens and nothing really changes. But a lot of times rotation happens and it feels like kind of a restart where, you're, you know, everything is fresh and new and possible. And that would be missing, I think, with these mini rotations. You'd never really get that feeling of, okay, standard is reset. We're doing this now. Anyway, I think that's uh, all the time we have for fish mail for today. So again, if you want your fish mail answered next week, send it in at MTG Goldfish, hashtag it MTG Fish Mail. And I believe that also brings us to the end of episode 435 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about new standard and Lord of the Rings, and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have a great week, everyone. And this is Crew signing out.